Hello and welcome to the Usual Spectators podcast. I'm Amir Atwal, joined by Jandru Banu. Hello. Today's a special episode. We're going to get into uh, soccer, or as our European counterparts like to call it, football. Yeah, that's right. Some big time transfers for some couple of the major clubs. Uh, let's get started with uh, everybody's favorite, I guess, Manchester United. Yeah, they made some uh, made some two pretty big moves here with the Lukaku signing and the Lindelof signing, um, really shoring up some areas of need for them. Yeah, I think striker was a huge need as soon as Ibra tore his ACL and Ibra's uh, getting on the older side too. Signing Lukaku, 24 years old, some would say the best striker in the Premier League. Yeah, I'm, uh, it's either him or Harry Kane and, Doug, and Diego Costa when Diego is uh, in form. But Lukaku, who's uh, young and proven, uh, and he's a physical player who can play pretty well in almost any any system. I mean, he he was he excelled in Chelsea for the most part, and he had a fantastic uh, stint in Everton. And uh, high conversion rate, he can score with his head, with his feet. I think, uh, as much as I hate to say it, it was a good signing for them. And again, the price for a club like United it really doesn't matter. Uh, they have the, the pockets to really buy anyone. Yeah, seventy-five million could go up to ninety-five million. Like you said, uh, I don't think the pocketbooks really matter for a club like United. But in terms of the player and the play style, I think he fits in perfectly with the, what they're trying to do. Because even Mourinho plays sort of a sit back, try to counter, get that goal, yep. and then sit back again. So when they push it up to Lukaku, pretty physical player. His conversion rate, like you said, has been really high over the last couple of years. And age is pretty good too. With 24 years old, he'll link up with Pogba, Herrera, all the young guys. I think it's a lot of addition by subtraction here as well because you bring in Lukaku, but you also get rid of Wayne Rooney, who really hasn't been uh, an effective player for about two to three years now. Um, fantastic career, and it's about time they sent him back to where he came from, uh, being Everton. So I think just getting Rooney off the books and uh, off the pitch and replacing with that, replacing him with Lukaku, that's going to be a net positive anyhow. And on top of that, uh, yeah, like you said, they're playing style. You have Pog, but you have Herrera. Herrera. Um, they have some good young uh, midfielders here, and uh, if Lindelof works out um, and Luke Shaw finally uh, gets his head on straight, there's a lot of talent here. They could uh, they could compete for the title next year. Yeah, they positioned themselves to play in the Champions League, and I think that had a big, big effect on uh, who they could acquire as well because I think every player wants to play in the Champions League. And yeah. Lukaku was kind of going up about that decision, uh, should I join Chelsea or should I join United? And United scoops in at the last second and picks them up but yeah. uh an interesting uh thing was that chelsea and united both were going for lukaku or Murata. yeah and then I, united ends up with lukaku who who do you think is a better player uh, i would probably say lukaku i as good as Murata has been he was a fantastic Juventus for that one year uh, he really hasn't played last year with uh, being behind Benzema and uh, in Real Madrid. Uh, I think it's the Premier League is more of a physical league than uh, than the Spanish league, anyhow, or even the Italian league, which is a little bit slower league. Uh, Lukaku's already uh, proven himself in the Premier League, and 
if I'm paying the money for it, I would rather just pay that money for uh, Lukaku, who's a proven commodity. And I, I, I correct me if I'm wrong, I believe he's younger as well. So yeah. I think you're better off going with Lukaku here. Yeah, I think just the proven commodity. Because these transfer fees are kind of getting ridiculous at a point now. Oh, they even, are. Uh, uh, Murata, 75 million for Murata. He hasn't played over half his team's games I don't, since his junior days. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know what Murata is at this point. I know Chelsea's interested in him. Uh, he's he's unproven, to be honest. And and back to United, I think United still isn't done yet because they're going after uh, Ivan Perisic and uh, they're into um, the Nemanja Matic sweepstakes as well. I think they'll, they're still going to make a signing or two here before the uh, the season kicks off. Yeah, Jose Mourinho is saying that he's still waiting on two signings, so he must have the players in mind. I think Nemanja Matic... Uh has been a favorite of his since his Chelsea days. And uh, yeah. I think uh, what he's looking for is just to replace Fellaini. And then uh, on the wing, it's surprising because Anthony Martial has a lot of potential, but I guess they want to try to get Ivan Perisic in on the wing instead. Yeah. And it looks like there's a chance that Martial could be going back in the Ivan Perisic transfer or they're trying to, because um, they haven't really played Martial much. Uh, and he was supposed to be, he was their big signing a few years ago. Yeah, so if those two moves go through, I think United top for finish, it's going to happen this year. Yeah, it's it's possible. Uh, again, United's trying to buy the league and they might actually succeed for once. <laughs> going to the EPL champions of last year, Chelsea, uh, kind of quiet. There's been some turmoil with Diego Costa and Conte on uh, is he staying, is he going... Uh, they did recently make two signings with uh, Antonio Rudiger playing in defense. I think that's going to work yep. well in the three-four-three. And then uh, a couple of hours ago, just signed Bakayoko. Yeah, uh, I'm a Chelsea fan, so I'm going to be a little bit biased here. Uh, I thought both signings were uh, good signings. Uh, Antonio Rudiger can play uh, almost any position in the back four. He can play your right back. We can play a center back uh, role. I think um, he could be a perfect replacement for Gary Cahill, who. Um, ideally isn't going to be playing every single game and especially because last year Chelsea had the benefit of not having any Champions League games which makes a huge difference when you're only playing your domestic schedule instead of having to go play um, a Champions League schedule which does add up and teams generally struggle with that like for example Leicester struggled with that last year um, but the biggest issue with Chelsea here is yeah Bakayoko was another great signing a good defensive midfielder to play alongside Nagolo Conte who this might be the best defensive midfield um in the world but yeah, again I think he was the I'd say he was the best signing last year Yeah Nagolo Conte was and considering what they got him for I think yeah, maybe it was about 30 million ish just because he coming off a good year with Leicester and people saw just a one year fluke sort of thing and um he certainly was the reason they won last year Yeah exactly so, as we know, Conte's teams sound defensively. He likes to use the wing backs. I think the back half of the team is set, especially when you have Conte and Bakayoko playing next to each other. I don't see many teams getting through that, but the problem is going to be who's up front because Hazard injured his ankle. And yeah. now uh, goals are, might be hard to come by, especially if Costa's gone. Yeah, I think the biggest issue here, or the biggest question mark here, is who's going to be playing striker um, come game one. Uh, Costa and uh, Conte had that falling out a few months ago, and uh, 
it doesn't look like they're going to be able to um, get over this and you know make uh, let bygones be bygones. I think cost us pretty much uh, goner at this point, unless something changes. Um, I mean, Mishi uh, had a good year off the bench last year, and um, he played go- good for Belgium in, in his uh, during the summer. But I think they're going to want to make a make a buy, maybe Morata or um, Andrea Bellotti from uh, Torino. One of those two is probably going to be here, um, I would think, in the near future. Or Aubameyang from uh, uh, from Borussia Dortmund, if uh, if rumors are correct. Yeah, that one would be my favorite signing, Aubameyang. Just unreal speed, and especially team that up with like a defensive midfielder. It's a perfect style of play for Conte. But transfer budget is not a problem for Chelsea either, so it's a matter of fact of just who they want to buy and just fully committing to them. Yeah, I, I agree. I think the issue with Aubameyang is he's a little bit older, though, so he's closer to, I believe he'll be turning 29. So he's a little bit of an older striker, and I think Chelsea might want to go the younger route and maybe bring in a, um, a Morata or maybe bring in a Belotti, especially considering um, I believe Morata played for Conte in Juventus anyhow. So there's some familiarity with the player, and that's the signing that I would want to see personally. Uh, maybe Morata for Chelsea, the kind of style they have, he might fit in well. Yeah, he seems to be a Conte favorite. They've been linked to him for a couple of months now, actually. Yeah. Um, they got to get something done because you make a good point. Playing in the Champions League plus playing your domestic league, uh, it's a wear and tear on all the players. And right now they have like a set 11, but the yeah. depth is kind of weaker right now. It, it really is. And uh, I think Hazard should be fine for from all reports. He's going to be um, running soon. Or begin running again and cutting soon, so I wouldn't be too concerned unless he misses some time in preseason uh, as we get closer to the Premier League season starting. But I think Chelsea's gonna have to make a buy here because you just can't go into the year with uh, the Diego Costa uncertainty and um, not having a, a reliable number one striker. Yeah, definitely. And then another giant in the Premier League is making some big buys on the back end, Manchester City. Signs yeah. uh transfer for Kyle Walker, fifty million on him. Signed Ederson goalie. Signed yeah. uh rumors are they're signing Benjamin Mendy for the left back role. Yeah. I think he just signed Douglas Luis today as well. Uh, another younger player. So they've they've made a lot of buys, uh, as expected from the Manchester teams. And then uh, they also got attacking uh, Bernardo Silva, so I think he's a perfect replacement for David Silva. Yeah, it does certainly uh, look like he could be a good replacement. And uh, they're still interested in maybe Alexis Sanchez or if uh, Mbappe is finally going to get transferred. And they've also been linked with Aubameyang and Dembele from Borussia Dortmund. Uh, They're not done by any any stretch of any imagination here. And then Pep has some of the best under 21 players in the world uh, epl is a physical league but the skill of these guys is unreal we you have raheem sterling gabriel jesus yeah leroy sanya yeah he was a great buy last year yeah i think like and, uh, the system they're trying to implement these guys just be flying all over the pitch yeah i think uh pep uh uh, he's always wherever he goes. He's not shy to spend the money, and they've accumulated a lot of young talent here. Um, I think the, I think this is the year. They're, I mean, last year just took him a little bit of an adjustment period to the Premier League. I think he's gonna be better, better um, served going into this year. 
I got a better acclimation of the league. Um, now he's actually got more players and just kind of does look like a uh, look like Pep's team, whereas he still had a lot of aging and older players uh, previous years. Yeah, he's kind of formed the roster to what he wants it to be. Uh, when he inherited it, I think there's a lot of players he immediately wanted to get rid of, but had to play the season through. Even like a guy like Aguero, who's been one of the top EPL strikers for the past couple of years, I don't see Pep as a huge fan of him. So yeah, it doesn't look like it. those uh, striker rumors are interesting. Like, imagine putting Mbappe on this team. Yeah, it's 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 insane if you think about all the bias he's made. I mean, John Stones for the amount of money he paid for John Stones, and then Gundogan and Gundogan hasn't really played because he's been hurt, and um, they signed De Bruyne. I mean, they have a lot of uh, very big buys here, and they've they've continued that trend this summer. Uh, they they by all by all indications they should be a top three finishing team here and the suit the moves they've made really do help them. I mean Kyle Walker for fifty million is a bit ludicrous, but he's a fantastic fullback. Um, a little bit of an injury concern there. He seems to be hurt more often than not. But with a move like this, not only do you strengthen your team, but you also you weaken a rival um, or a direct rival in Tottenham, right? Yeah, exactly. Like that's a key factor that goes unnoticed. Sometimes the bigger clubs when they just take from the competing teams, it makes a huge difference. Like Kyle Walker, I would say, probably the second best riding back in uh, in the league, uh, yep, right my... behind Antonio Valencia last year. But uh, once the defense is solidified, I think a lot of times Manchester City gave up a couple of goals where uh, you know Pep wasn't happy because they like they want to try to implement that tiki taka system where they're holding the ball, holding the ball, holding the ball, then break through, and then yeah, but... uh, some of these guys here. With the speed, try to prevent counterattacks. I think what Pep forgets is he doesn't have that team that he had in Barcelona. I mean, that was a was that a once in a lifetime sort of team with the amount of young talent he had at that time. At the same, all relatively young and in their prime. I mean, Messi, Iniesta, Xavi, the list goes on. Um, and I think that's what he struggled with the last few years since he's been away from Barcelona. Just that you, you can't you can't just put players into a system. You have to adapt according to what you do have. Yeah, he is kind of hard-headed in the fact that some of the top managers in world football are kind of hard-headed where they think their style will work no matter yeah. who's on the roster or where they're playing. Because as yeah. we saw when he went to Bayern, he tried the same style as well. But sometimes you got to change up your tactics just to just to get the success yeah. right. But I think regardless, they made some good buys here, and they're going to be in. They're going to be competing for the title, regardless. Yeah, I think, I think we'll move on to our next team here. Hmm. Number four, finishing Arsenal. Yep, Arsenal, that's right. <laughs> uh, Arsenal's, it's been an interesting summer so far. They did get Alexander Lacazette, but uh, Alexis of Sanchez rumors, clearly their best player for the last couple of years, but uh, he's recently said that he wants to play in the Champions League and he doesn't see much of a future at Arsenal. Yeah, I think the biggest uh, news of of Arsenal's summer was quite early when uh, Arsene Wenger was going to come back for another year. From all indications, it looked like his time was going to be up at the club, but they're bringing him back for uh, maybe his last year at this point. A lock is that, uh, I think that's a good, buy, a good buy for them. But again, the the issue here is if Alexis Sanchez leaves, uh, there's not really a net positive there is, or you lose lock is you bring in lock is that, but you lose your best player. Um, I don't see how that makes him any better. Yeah, it's, it doesn't add anything if one goes in for the other. And then especially in the midfield, I think that's where they're lacking a little bit of creativity. Uh, Mezit mm-hmm. 
Mesut Ozil did say he wants to stay, but uh, Santi Cazorla's dealt with injuries almost every year. They need they need a legit replacement for him. Yeah, I that's the one issue that I always have with Arsenal. They seem to kind of sign the same kind of undersized, fast winger slash attacking midfield, and they don't really add on to um, more of a hold, holding midfield role, which they've needed for about five years now. Yeah, this is a team who's like should be looking at defensive bit and feelers surprised they weren't in on Bakayoko. I'm surprised they're not even linked to Matt Matic. Um the biggest rumors we're hearing is Winger wants Mbappe bad. Yeah, he wants Mbappe bad. But I mean, what does that really do though? Does that help them win the league this year? Probably a little bit, but I don't think it's gonna put him over the top and that's more of a move for the future anyhow. And this is a team who's very stingy, they don't spend a lot of money. Instead of investing a huge sum in Tim Mbappe, I think they'd be better off maybe bringing in a few guys. And there's still some questions marked for a lot of guys in their team, like Alex Oakley, Chamberlain. Is he going to be finally? Is he? Are they going to let him go finally? And um, the Olivier Giroud uh, saga, where it looks like he might be on the way out as well. So they haven't been really linked to too many guys, and it seems like a lot of guys here are looking to leave more so than come in. Yeah, I haven't been impressed with what's been going on for a couple of years now. Uh, Winger. Arsenal fans want him gone. He refuses to leave. I think it's going to take another year of missing Champions League football, and then finally we'll get a resolution on, yeah, Winger's time to go. Yeah, I agree. I think this is going to be a, I mean, at best, maybe a fourth-place finish here. Yeah, if that, I don't even, I honestly can't even see a fourth-place finish for these guys. Yeah. Let's go next to uh, another club, Tottenham. Finished the second last year. A lot of young talent, solid defense, but uh, not really doing much. Yeah, another club that's kind of in the same uh, same ballpark as uh, as Arsenal in the fact that they haven't really added anything. They've lost, they've already lost Kyle Walker, and it looks like they might lose Eric Dier as well because there's some interest from um, United. Well, that seems seems to have kind of uh, that seems to have uh, transcended a little bit. It's, uh, it's definitely not as uh, imminent as it once was. Yeah, and. Tottenham's been stingy with the money in the years past too when they sold Bale and had some signings that were questionable. And uh, I think this is the club that went all in on Sissoko as well. And, yeah. Uh, that didn't turn out so well. Yeah. Second place team just relying on their young players to get better, which they will because Harry Kane's pretty young. And then you have uh, Deli Ali who's young as well, but definitely needs some reinforcements. Yeah, I mean they have uh, they do have some good good they still have some good talent. I mean, Eric Christian Eriksen's not uh, that old either, and Danny Rose is still relatively young. And uh, Jan Vertonghen had a good year or a good year two years ago, I would say more so. Um, they still have some good talent, and I'm still thinking they're going to be a top four finish, but they're not really a contender to win the league anymore, just because they lost Walker. They might lose Deere, and they haven't really added anything unless these young guys take a huge step forward, which is possible. Um, it's going to be very tough for them to uh, be competitive. Yeah, and they have that new stadium open up soon too, so they got to spend some money on players if they uh, if they want to yeah. reach the top of the league. Because last year, I would say it was kind of a surprise that they ended up second, just so because nobody yeah. expects players to rise above. Because even their defense is kind of getting on, on the aging side now. Yeah, it is. I mean, um, I still think there's some time for them to make some moves. I mean. Adrian Silva has been one uh, rumored. The Portugal midfielder, or 
if he comes in, uh, that could be a little bit of a help. But they need to make some buys here. I don't. I don't. I think you need to you need to add rather than rather than just lose and be content with what you have because they're going to be playing that Champions League schedule as well, right? Yep. And another Premier League club, uh, Liverpool, just making one big signing so far, Mohamed Salah. Yeah, they made that Salah signing uh, relatively early. I think that was a bit of an overpayment, but regardless, they did need to add on the on the wing there. Uh, Liverpool, I mean, they have a, they've amassed quite a bit of uh, young talent as is, and this is going to be um, this is going to be Jurgen Klopp's, I believe, his third year with the, with the club now, and I think he really does have the team that he's that he's, that he's comfortable with there, comfortable with. Yeah, we saw that. They got out to a pretty hot start last year and then kind of faded towards the end. Yeah. Um, they do have some players who have been the subject of transfer rumors because I think Felipe Coutinho uh, is a world-class player and clubs like Barcelona and Real Madrid are interested. Yeah, I think he. there's a chance that he could... Uh, I, I, just, I don't see them getting, getting rid of him or letting him go that easily. And I think Liverpool's a team that, even though they haven't made many buys, uh, they have a lot of talents. I mean, uh, Divock Origi, I always butcher the pronunciation. He's a good young striker, the Belgian tri- striker, who they got uh, last year. And he, um, by all look, by all looks, it looks like he's going to be a he's going to be a pretty good striker in the Premier League. And you still have um, you still have Coutinho, like you mentioned, and Jordan Henderson's been a good uh, good player for them. Yeah, and they have uh, Sadio Mane, who's a goal-scoring machine. He looked like he's runs at a different speed than the rest of the Premier League. And yep. then uh, they also have uh, Brazil's Roberto Firmino, who's has an unreal skill and kind of plays a striker uh, attacking midfield yep. role. Yeah, I, I, th- I think this is a club where you would love to like to see them make moves. Um, they're taking maybe a uh, they're taking maybe a, a longer look at players and making some buys that, are, that make sense for them rather than just spending um, outrageously. Um, I still think they're they're a contender to finish in the top four, but they're another team that I don't think realistically is going to be able to win the league. To me, it's just a three-man race between just the Manchester clubs and Chelsea at this point. Yeah. It's hard for... If clubs aren't spending money, it's hard for them to compete with these bigger giants who, I guess, turn on the pressure. Give me your top four in the Premier League. Uh, My top four. Chelsea, one... Manchester City 2, Liverpool 3, and Manchester United 4. United comes in 4th. Oh, Liverpool in the top 3. I think so. I'm going to go with City finishes as champions. Chelsea goes 2, United 3, and 4th place won't be Arsenal. I'm thinking it's going to be Tottenham. Fair enough. But I always like watching the Premier League. I think it's the toughest league from top to bottom. Yeah, I think it is. It's the only league where realistically on any single night, any team can win. Uh, you don't see that happen a lot in Spain, Germany, um, even Italy, for the most part, France. These are leagues where the top teams, there's a there's a drastic difference between the top teams and the bottom teams. Whereas in the Premier League, you see it almost every single year where a Liverpool loses to a smaller club or a Chelsea loses to a smaller club or City or United. Uh, the parity in the, in the in the Premier League is what makes it so much uh, it's so much more enjoyable, I would say. Yeah, it keeps things interesting. But let's go to a league where there's only one giant, and that's the German league. Bayern Munich making moves again. Yeah, I mean Bayern with those uh, with the James Rodriguez uh, pickup. I think that was a 
for what they were able to get him for on loan, a two-year loan with a buy option. I think that's a fantastic move, bringing him back, um, reuniting him with Carlo Ancelotti. They had a um, fantastic, he probably had his best year um, on Real Madrid when Carlo was, Ancelotti was still there. Yeah, I think that's that was his first year when I uh, signed with Madrid, and he's, he looked like he was going to be a all-world talent, but... Uh... Uh, things didn't pan out against Zidane and gets benched. And I can't believe James Rodriguez is a bench warmer. Yeah. Um, didn't even I mean, he get didn't... to <laughs> come in the squad for the Champions League final. Yeah, that was, that was I mean, that's a big fall from, from grace or fall from where he was at one point. Most expensive player to not even making the club, not even making the bench in the, in, in the final of the Champions League, right? Yeah. And I think this move right here puts his career back on track. They got a couple of guys at Bayern who are aging. You got Ribery and Robin aging. Um, Javi Alonso just retired. There's some holes there, and this guy has all the talent in the world. I think he's going to be a mainstay in the starting eleven. Yeah, I certainly think so as well. Um, this is this is the most power. This is the best team in Germany by far, and uh, a perennial threat to win the whole, win the Champions League every single year. And I would say so again next year because not only do they have um, they have obviously an aging Ribery and Robin, and even Lewandowski, I believe, is going to be on the other side of 30 if he isn't already. Uh, they still have some young players in Rado Sanchez, and they still have. Um, yeah, have, they have. Um, they have uh, Thiago in midfield. They got just yeah. signed Toliso in midfield. That's right. Uh, these guys are stacked, and then defense as well. Like. You got Mats Hummels and uh, Jerome Boateng, who some people believe is the best center back in the world. And he didn't even play that much last year. Yeah, exactly. And then uh, obviously they have the goalie who's uh, he's something else, Manuel Neuer. Yeah, the best in the world. And, and I forget out from me, Thomas Miller, who's probably my favorite player or one of my favorite players. Uh, he might be in the, There's rumors that he might be in the way out potentially. I don't think they'll ever let go of him. He's just too important to see what that team does. Yeah, and... He even had a down year last year, but they comfortably won the league. So I don't think the German Giants are in any trouble. But uh, Champions League, I think, once again, it's winning or bust for them. Yeah, this is probably, if not the best world, best ran club in the world. It's one of the best uh, ran clubs in the world in terms of their financial stability, the amount of money they make. Um, they go into every year knowing they're going to win the league. I mean, uh, last year, the, that it was FC Zepseg or however it's pronounced. They had a good year. Um, they gave them kind of a scare for a few months there, but Bayern took over after afterwards. And Borussia Dortmund is going to be a good team, uh, anyways. But they're just they're a step below Bayern Munich or a big step below Bayern Munich in the Bundesliga. Uh, Bayern, yeah, like you said, their biggest barometer is what they do in the in the Champions League. Yeah, and then one transfer did they did send out was. The skilled Douglas Costa going to Juventus. Yeah, I, I I just don't think Douglas Costa fit into what uh, what Bayern was doing last year. Um, you don't usually see them give up on players that quickly, but they they figured you know what, let's cut our losses here. Um, there really wasn't a role for him next year, anyways. Yeah, I think Douglas Costa is one of those Brazilians who's like, you just log on to YouTube and put his name in, and this guy has skills for days, but just didn't fit into what they were trying to run but Juventus this is what Juventus need Juventus has a bunch of players who are technically sound and obviously gifted but they don't have like too much randomness in their players who can just take over a game like uh Dybala is one and then I think Costa could be another yeah 
And Mandzukic at times, I mean, he can do things you don't expect him to do. But they're a very sound team. I think we're, um, we'll talk about Juventus now. Um, Juventus, the Benucci transfer, I didn't see that coming at, at all. I just thought that was a, a huge shock that they would let go of him. But Douglas Costa is going to be probably their best, one of their best players um, relatively quick. Yeah, and this is also a team who's just just steamrolled the competition in their own league. I think adding a, a player of Costa's caliber, a team that's known to kind of play defensively, needs that attacking threat on the wing. Yeah. And then, uh, they also broke the bank for Gonzalo last year, so uh, he can definitely help uh, Gonzalo put some tap-ins. Yeah, but I mean, this is I think I expect them to win the league relatively easily. They'll be amongst the top four to six teams in the Champions League again as well, barring some sort of drastic uh, changes that I just don't foresee coming. And if they're able to add Nemanja Matic or if they're able to make another few moves here, they'll even strengthen a, a team that was pretty close to winning it all last year. I mean, they're bringing back a lot of the team. They're still bringing back Alexander and Cellini, and they have some good young defenders that are upcoming. And, I mean, Buffon, if he can play like he played last year, they're going to be right back there. Yeah, and you mentioned the Benucci transfer. I think that's a big deal. I don't know if it's enough big deal to shift the landscape of the league because one player is not going to do that. But uh, Milan, with that Chinese ownership, they're making it rain. Yeah, Milan's making it rain. But one last thing on uh, the Benucci transfer. Uh, it was a shock to most to see them give up on a guy like Benucci, but apparently he wasn't too happy with the role he had, and there were some some issues with him and the manager. Um, the one thing that people haven't, or most people have included in on here, is they have a young center back named Daniela Rugani. This guy is unreal. Is, I think he's going to be able to. You think he'll slot in right away? I think so. He's he's one of the most promising center backs in the world right now, and I think they they know more than we know. Um, a kid who's only I think he's probably in his early twenties. I think he's going to step in right away, and they—I mean—I don't want to say they won't miss Benucci, but he'll make a—he'll make them miss him less and less every time he plays. Yeah, you definitely have to be comfortable and know who's ready to replace a talent like that. Because Benucci, you know, my money is top three center back in the world. So if you're letting him to go to a, not not just leave your team, but to allow him to go to your main rival, that takes a lot of confidence. In yeah, that's own, so. that was shocking. And then uh, that was that was very shocking. And that money that they got, like forty million for Benucci, like that doesn't seem too high of a transfer fee. We just saw Kyle Walker go for fifty million. Yeah, and I and the thing with a guy like Benucci is, I mean, if he was on, if he was well, it was known that he was in the market. I'm sure some of those English teams would have paid a lot more than what uh, Milan got him for, considering Chelsea to added Antonio Rudiger. And, I mean, Conte's played with Benucci before. I'm sure he would have given him 60 for Benucci quite easily. Yeah, Conte would have definitely paid way more for Benucci than maybe even double of what they yeah. paid for Rudiger, right? Yeah, I, I, I think so, because Benucci's a much better player, right? Yeah. And then uh, in this league, though, Inter Milan has new infer- uh, ownership, but uh, not really doing much, but... Uh, EC Milan, do you think they, they'll they finish in the top four? Oh, I think so. I mean, have you seen how much money they spent? They spent over $200 million already, and there's reports saying that they're going to spend more. They're still looking at Andrea Bellotti from Torino, the, the young striker. They've added Benucci, Andre Silva, Andrea Conti, Ricardo Rodriguez, Frank Kessie. These are all players they paid um, huge amounts of money for, and they were able to keep their young keeper as well, which was I think was a, was a 
was a big issue for them. Yeah, some people are saying that he's a best keeper, best young keeper in the world, and uh, keeping him, especially after some rumors that he didn't want to stay at Milan, and then they just drop a load of cash on all these different players. Um, the one thing about getting all these different players is kind of finding the right chemistry. Yeah, for sure. But when you have talents like this, uh, I think uh, they make it work. <laughs> yeah, you're you're expecting some results because uh, even though the ownership. Uh, doesn't mind spending the money. I think they want to see some sort of return. I think I think there will be as well. I mean, I wouldn't expect him to be. Uh, I mean, I expect him to put up a good good fight against uh, Juventus, but I ultimately expect Juventus to um, win the league quite comfortably. But when it comes to a Roma or it comes to a Napoli or it comes to an Inter Milan, I think AC Milan's positioned themselves to be in that tier and maybe even better than those teams. Yeah, I think um, we're gonna see. AC Milan get back to the Champions League, kind of really relive those glory days where uh, they used to have Kaka and all those guys playing. Yeah, young Pirlo or younger Pirlo and Zlatan. I mean, those are the glory years from them, and um, they have stable ownership now. The you know they spent this year. They're going to spend. I'm sure they'll spend in the January transfer um, market as well. Um, I don't think they're done yet by any stretch of in by any stretch at this point. Um, they're going to be a they're going to be a, a good team next year, and they could, I mean, who knows? In a strange world, maybe they might be able to knock off a Juventus, but that's going to be tough. Yeah, still going with Juventus as the champions, but uh, Milan will get a top-four finish. Yeah, I agree. Let's move over to the Spanish League, where, uh, for my money, they got the two best clubs in the world, but uh, not much going on in terms of transfers. Yeah, it looks like the Spanish clubs this year are being um, fiscally responsible, which you don't ever say that about uh, Barcelona and Real Madrid. And even uh, Atletico generally. I mean, Atletico has that transfer ban, so they're kind of pigeonholed and are not able to make any buys. But I think Atletico, if we want to start off with them, um, the biggest thing for them was that Antonio Griezmann is going to stay there for this year. Who knows if it's going to be a longer term, but they're going to have him back for sure this year, and he's arguably one of the best young strikers in the world or young young wingers in the world. Yeah, that's huge for them. Griezmann finds out about the transfer ban and instead of leaving, says, I owe it to the club to stay. I don't think there's many athletes who look out for the club in that way because he was going to go for a huge transfer yeah. fee. We were talking about some of the Premier League clubs yeah. looking for a striker. My God. And then, yeah, I think it was easily a six-figure, $100 million player or yeah. nine-figure nine player. And then... Uh, with the transfer ban kind of putting restrictions on them, they still got the still got a good young team and then solid players like Koke doesn't get much attention, but he's great. Yeah. And then Saul, Saul just dominated the U twenty ones and he's going to be a yeah. permanent fixture in the t- starting eleven. And and Yannick Carrasco, he's only I think he's twenty, he's in his early twenties, and he's going to be a fantastic midfielder for them as well. They have a lot of, a lot of young talent here and. They still have some of their older players in Diego Godin, and they still have uh, Juan Fran, they still have uh, Felipe Luis, but they're going to be well-positioned to be in the top three of the Spanish league, and they're going to, and if they can play that sound system against, uh, the sound system under Diego Simeone, um, they're going to be able to make some uh, noise in the uh, Champions League as well. Yeah, Simeone just got to keep the club steady until January, and then I'm already seeing that Diego Costa will come back. And assume, yeah, it sure looks like um, Costa wants to go. Go ahead. So. Yeah, as soon as Costa returns, and then 
somehow this team is always in the quarters or the semis of the Champions League. Yes, that sound defensive style. Um, it, my my feelings on that is it helps you get to the finals, but when you're playing that kind of system, it's hard to win in the finals because over a two leg stretch, it's so hard to beat a team like Atletico Madrid or Juventus just because they're so sound defensively. But in a single knockout game, they do tend to struggle because you can't just sit back the whole game, right? Someone has to score eventually, and Atletico Madrid has been on the on the losing side of that to Real Madrid twice now. Yeah, I think um, the attacking is where they kind of lack. Yeah, but, uh, Griezmann staying gives them. I think that maybe their final chance at a Champions League uh, trophy. Yeah. Yeah, but I think I mean, like you said earlier, the the Diego Costa transfer saga. Um, it looks like he does want to go back to Atletico because that's where he was comfortable and that's where he had uh, some of his best years. That's where really he he burst onto the stage as a world class striker. I think they'll be able to get him and they'll be able to get him for relatively cheap um, in January. Yeah, and then other than that, they haven't done much, but uh, that's also because of the ban, and I'm yep. sure they'll be looking at some young players to step up like they usually do. But they did uh, they did sell uh, Theo Hernandez, who's a promising defender, to a rival in Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I think, I mean, I think Atletico's going to be in the top three. I don't see them realistically being able to beat a Barcelona or a Real Madrid in terms of the league title. They were able to do that, what, three years ago? But um, those teams, I think, are just a, a step above. Yeah. And let's go to Barcelona. As much as it pains me to say, I think they are second best in the league right now. Uh, new coach coming in, different tactics. Let's see if it's a positive thing or not so positive. And then, because uh, even though Luis Enrique made some interesting decisions, um, he did have some trophies to back it up. Not too many transfers right now, but uh, finally got a right back who seems competent. And I'm not going to go as far as to say he's the next Danny Alves, but uh, he's really promising in uh, Nelson Semedo. Um, yeah, I mean, the one thing I wanted to see with uh, Barca here, uh, I'm happy they didn't buy another striker or another winger as they uh, tend to do. Um, that Arda Turan signing still makes no sense to me. Um, three years later at this point, I guess. <laughs> They they need they need some better midfield here because I think that's where their biggest weakness has been the last two or three years. Um, I I don't think there's another team in the world with the the attacking three of the level of a Suarez, Neymar, and uh, Leo Messi. Uh, but just their midfield. I mean, Iniesta's getting older. He is quite old. I don't think you can realistically expect him to play 90 minutes and play um, your domestic schedule and play a Champions League schedule. He just isn't as young as he once was. And even uh, Sergio Busquets, who was... Um, he hasn't been my favorite player for some of his diving and his antics, but he's a fantastic player. But even he... Um, he seems to be slowing down a little bit as well. And Rakitic was fantastic his first few years, and even he had a little bit of an off year last year. Um, I'm curious to see what you think. Uh, what are these young midfielders that they signed last year are going to be able to step in? Yeah, the grueling schedule has caught up with... Uh... Because these they're relying way too heavily on Sergio to play every single match and at yeah. the top level, it's just not possible when you're going up in age. Uh, I think still think he's a fantastic player, but uh, they don't they actually don't have a competent replacement on the roster just to give him some breathing room. Still haven't signed a holding midfielder worthy of his skill. Um, some of the attacking guys like Andre Gomez, I thought I thought finally Barca had gotten that midfielder who who could 
join an attack and keep things stable in the midfield. But uh, he looks like he's going to be a bust. And then uh, don't get started on Arda Turan. And they have a bunch of young players in Dennis Suarez and Rafinha. And then Sergei Roberto. It's a lot of names who, when they were coming up through the ranks, had a lot of promise to them. Yeah. But uh, I think it's a different level of pressure once you're because once again with these top clubs it's not about getting a top three finish it's about winning the whole thing and yeah that's true those different expectations yeah exactly because if you have those type of players they've had some good young players like dennis suarez did well in sevilla it's different expectations you're here that it's all about titles so i don't know if any of these young guys are ready to step up but you can't waste a front three like that yeah, but I hate to say it because I think Leo Messi is the greatest player in the world. I think he's the greatest player of all time as well. And I'll, I'm willing to argue that with anyone. Uh, they're kind of wasting his last, really his prime years. They have wasted the last two years. Uh, again, this year based on the lack of activity. I know they were really after uh, Marco Verratti from PSG. But that's been a difficult buy because I just don't think um, PSG is going to be willing to move him. Uh if they're not able to add onto this team, they're going to have to rely on Messi and have rely on Neymar and rely on Suarez to do their usual magic and uh, overcome uh, Real Madrid and overcome the uh, grueling Champions League schedule. Um, I do think this is the year. I think Valverde is coming in with a lot of um, a lot of promise and he's a good manager in his own like. I think there's a chance that they're going to figure it out this year and win the Champions League again, finally. Yeah, and uh, their sporting director has said that there's some players he has his eyes on. Um, I can't think of any midfield targets that are going to change the complexion of this race, but um, Valverde, there are some rumors he might drop Messi into more of an attacking midfield role. Maybe that covers up some weaknesses. Yeah. Um, I mean, so my one concern with that is when he did that for Argentina because of the the plethora of strikers that they had in Argentina. Um, it wasn't using Messi to his most effective or using him to the best of his abilities. Um, so I'm, 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 I'd be hesitant to do that. But if when you're talking about the greatest player ever, I think he can make it work. Yeah, and that's what it's going to take, like the genius of Messi. And then I also think Neymar, he's emerging. I think undoubtedly he's the top three player in the world. And this would be the year where he just kind of takes it to a whole new level and pushes them I, to the top. I agree. I think if they're going to be able to win, and I do expect them to win the, win it all this year, I think Neymar is ready to finally take that step. I mean, this is a guy as young as 17, they're saying this, is going to be the next great player. And he's shown flashes over the last four years with Barcelona. I think this is the year he finally puts it together and he does show that he's he's in the race to be the best player in the world. And I expect him to have a fantastic year. And I expect Messi to show everyone that he's not over the hill because he's 30 now. Yeah, and it's funny that a lot of people um, haven't even mentioned Suarez lately. But uh, if that's he a gets, good thing, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> if he flies under the radar and he's back to his usual self, I think uh, they're breaking that hundred goal barrier again. I, th- I think we should give Barca some credit here as well because even though they haven't been able to add onto that uh, that that midfield, they did shore up their defensive side of the game because they do have a young player in MTT and they signed the right back this year. And uh, they, their defensive back, their defensive um, center backs and their fullbacks are better than they've been been in the last probably three or four years. Yeah, with the 
failed signing of Vermalen and Matthew aside, they look yeah. like they're definitely an area of concern, kind of has become a strength. And yep. uh, that's what you need, especially in terms of winning the title. They're back four. I'm finally comfortable with them having a back four in this championship caliber. Yep, I, I agree. I just hope they can finally... I, I expect them to, and I'm hoping they can put it all together and, you know, be champions of Europe again. Yeah, let's end with the back-to-back champions of Europe. Uh, yeah, everybody's the favorite champions. team, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> Real Madrid. Yeah, you know how I feel about uh, Real, and you know how I feel about Ronaldo, who, um, starting on Ronaldo, threatening to leave again. Uh, ultimately, I don't think he's going to leave. Uh, it appears to be some issues with some tax dodging, which uh, Ronaldo fanboys were uh, more than happy to uh, insult or go after Messi fans for. But now I guess the tables have turned. Yeah, I think this whole threatening to leave situation is kind of just uh, to deflect some attention away from this whole tax, ev- tax evasion situation. Uh, there's Why would Real, a club that has endless amount of money, ever sell Ronaldo? Even if yeah. he threatened to leave, they're not just going to be like, oh, sure, here you go. You can go back to Man U or go back to PSG. This is a club that's focused on winning titles, and Ronaldo knows that his best chance to win is at this club. I, just just posturing on his side. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't see it happening at this point. And again, I mean, we're talking about uh, the lack of moves from Barcelona. I think uh, Real really hasn't made any really big moves here either. But when you have the rosters that they have, I don't think you need to make many moves. Yeah, I think their move is going to be let's just get Bale healthy and playing yeah. at a full time role. Yeah. Other than that, like, yeah, they've been rumored for Mbappe, which is just like a luxury purchase yeah. that they wouldn't even need. But this team is pretty much set. The midfield is just dominating games. You got Cruz and Modric, who have, I would say, a couple of years left, no problem. And then. Esco, man. Yeah, and Esco just came out of nowhere and just put Hamas on the bench. And even at the Champions League final, he starts over Bale in Wales. Yeah. And I think we're forgetting um, they have a guy who can foul or have seven fouls that are typically yellow cards and get away with them every time in Casemiro. Yes. the Or as Real Madrid fans would say, the best holding midfielder in the world. Literally yeah. holding a midfielder. Yeah, exactly. I mean, maybe this is year they finally get some yellow cards when he, um, you know, blatantly sticks his cleats up on, on Messi for the third time in the game. And then on defense, they have one of those two, and Sergio, Sergio's dominant, no doubt about it. But he gets away with quite a bit. And he's a red card waiting to happen too. And and funny enough, they finally lost Pepe after who knows how many years at the club. I think they're finally going to let Rafael Varane finally take that uh, role that he has earned at this point. Yeah, which is which is something that benefits them. They, I still don't understand why Pepe was playing over Varane, but yeah, um, that's an upgrade in itself, right there. Yeah, and I mean their 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 starting lineup is going to be almost the same as last year. This is a club that's going to be a contender for the title in Europe, and they're going to be contender for the Spanish uh, Spanish league. Uh, and this, and like you, we even mentioned earlier. They have some great young talent. I mean, Marco Asensio, who's a young midfielder that they have, looks really promising. This is a team that's going to be competing not only this year, but for the long term as well. Yeah, they have so much talent on the bench that would easily be starting for other big clubs in the world. 
Yeah. I don't think they have any shoes with the longevity. Uh, the one area of focus they've always had for a couple of years now, it seems like goalkeeper, they want David De Gea, but it's just a back and forth dance with United. Yeah, it doesn't look like United's going to be... Uh, but United really doesn't have to sell me. either. United's another big club who's going to be contending for not only their league, but hopefully for Europe as well. Uh, Keiro Navas, he's been good the last few years. we got to give him credit where credit is due here. Yeah, stepping out of uh, Casillas' shadow to obtain the job, and he's actually been doing pretty well. Yeah. But, uh, but all things considered, I do expect... I think Real's going to take a step back behind Barcelona as talented as uh, as Real is I think this is the year where Neymar puts it together this is the year where Messi shows that you know what I'm still the best player in the world um maybe I'm just hoping more so than <laughs> I think this but again it, Real I mean what can you say they're going to be if not the best club one of the best clubs in the world yeah I don't see a 3P happening but well I don't want a 3P to happen but yeah that's uh, so what we hope, but in the end, this club's gonna make it to the quarters or the semis, and you know, get some favorable ping pong bounces in the lottery draw as well. So, for know, sure, this, this team's gonna be vying for another Champions League trophy. But super sure. early prediction, um, give me your Champions League final. My Champions League final this year is Barcelona versus Bayern Munich. And I have Barcelona winning 3-1. My super early prediction, I got Barca reaching the final as well. But I'm going to say that they're going to be in the final against Man U. And, wow. Uh, so we're going to see 4 nothing. Barca wins. And uh, I'd be happy either way, as the, long as Barca wins. <laughs> the genius Mourinho gets sent back to the drawing board. I, you know, I, I probably would like that just as much. And, uh, yeah, that'll pretty much do it for today's episode. Covers most of the big clubs. Obviously, if any news breaks, we'll be back on. Uh, what we're hoping to do is get this thing going regularly with the soccer football podcast and because uh, the fans want it, and we'll give it to them hopefully every week once uh, the leagues get going. For sure. All right. And uh, you guys can follow us on SoundCloud subscribe to us on itunes now we got twitter instagram give us a like give us a follow it's just starting up now but uh we'll see you guys soon all right thank you guys